Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Each of us as human beings are made of three things. We are made of mind, we are made of heart, and we are made of intuition. Sometimes when we make decisions, we have to decide which one of those are going to ultimately decide for us whether we follow our mind, whether we follow our heart, or whether we follow our intuition. I can say, I don't know too much, but what I know is that as human beings, we feel first and we think second, which means the decision of the heart trump almost always the decisions of the mind. That would be perfectly okay, except for the fact that often we have to confront the challenge that is between our heart and our mind. And it was an ancient Chinese proverb that stated the longest journey that any of us will ever take is the 18 inches that separates our heart from our mind. Today's guest is one who I've known for many years and I'm blessed that we came into each other's lives because she's someone who came to me at a certain time in her life and spoke to me with her heart when I only knew her through her mind. And I think her story is one of transformation in that it is something that converted from decisions being in the mind to ultimately decisions being in the heart that led her from Los Angeles to New York, back to Los Angeles. And that guest today, I am really pleased to bring her into the studio, is Bree Smith. Bree, welcome to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation. Thank you so much, Chuck. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. When I said that, Bree, and I talked about the longest journey of the heart and the mind, Tell us first what you are doing these days, and then I want to examine the backstory that will circle us back to the present. Great. Okay. Um, so I am an actor. I also work in production on TV shows and movies. So I am a producer's assistant. So I'm the assistant to a producer who uh, makes TV shows and movies. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> I have been doing this um, for about five years. Okay. Um, I guess I was an actor from birth. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> I was, was, was going to ask because you came into my life, you were a student of mine, and you were a freshman marketing major, and you were an excellent student. But I sensed through the time that we were working together that there might be something else that you're considering, but I didn't know what it was. You came to me in the second semester of your freshman year, and you and I had a conversation that shifted from the mind to the heart. Do you remember that conversation? I do. Yeah, and you said to me, what? That I wanted to pursue my passion hmm? and follow my heart and pursue becoming an actor hmm? and working in television and film. Now, at the time, though, you had taken the approach of studying business. Mm -hmm. Why? I thought it was the easiest choice, or I, let me take that back. 
I thought it was the most tangible option. I did not think at the time, you know, in high school when you're deciding what major you're going to pursue in college or, or what you're even going to do with your life, I did not think that pursuing acting or any job necessarily in television and film um, was even attainable. Um, I thought the smartest and safest choice was to pursue business, get a business degree, and you know, work a job the rest of my life. Right, and get a paycheck every couple of weeks, and it all sounds good, and many people do that. Because for many that follow their passion, sometimes their passion is to start a company at the age of 22, and they run out of money, and they actually have to go and do something practical to get paid before they do it again. But you did that. You made up your mind that at 19 years old, you're going to move to Cali back to California. Talk about your the entrance of a different kind of study in order to put you on the path to become an actor. What did you do? So I knew I wanted to pursue TV and film. I knew that was my passion. That was something that, regardless, I wanted to be on a set. I wanted to see how it worked. Um, I wanted to train as hard as I could in acting and be the best that I could be. So I was like, what do I do? I go to school. So I went to um, school at Santa Barbara City College. I pursued um, acting and television and film production there um, and learned different methods in acting, um, but uh, also learned what it is to be a producer, a writer, a director, um, and all of the different jobs that being in production, you know, the different jobs that are in production in television and film. Um, and I thought that was the best place to start, really, is go to school. And then emerging out of school, your mindset, before we even get to the heart, was get the acting job and then get the next acting job. Mm -hmm. What were you thinking? What was the path? The path. Hmm. Or was there? You know, it's funny because <laughs> there wasn't really. I, I didn't really know what to do. And my first thought was go to school for it. That's the path. And then that will lead me where I need to be, but it's so funny because there's so many different paths um, that I could have taken now that I look back, but that I ended up taking my own path that is not necessarily normal or for the industry, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it was starting with school, just starting there and then moving to LA. You know, I, I did a year at Santa Barbara City College, but after a year I said, I'm ready to go. I'm right. ready to go to LA. Um, I didn't think I needed to be there any longer. I knew what Don't I thought need I needed it? to know. Um, I wanted to move to LA, take other acting classes with the teachers there, um, but of course work in production. And I, I think that's where it differs a little bit because I'm an actor, but I also work in production, which isn't usually typical. Um, so I was working on TV shows as a, a PA and then eventually a you know production secretary and then worked my way up to a producer's assistant. I'm where I'm at now. So. Well, I want to take a check here because what you talked about at the age of 19 was to me transformative because the path that you were on when I knew you was a more straight-laced path. Mm -hmm. There is an expected outcome when you graduate with a marketing degree. You go to work for Amazon or some other company and you start a career that is somewhat defined. You're now in a more abstract gig economy where you've got to figure out where your next job is going to go. Tell us about some of the jobs that you landed mm -hmm. and the process by which you got them. Yeah, so I'll, I guess I'll start with my first production job. Um, I was pursuing acting, of course, taking courses as many as I could um, to learn as much as I could. But um, 
My first job, I was a production assistant, an office production assistant for the TV show Switched at Birth. Um, it's on Freeform, which was formerly known as uh, ABC Family. Um, and I worked in the production office there. Um, I got that job because I went out with a group of girls and um, met the production coordinator um, and sent her my resume the next day and just said, hey, if you need a PA, just let me know. And she was happened to be looking for one, so it worked out perfectly. Um, and I got the job. And um, from there, it, it's so funny. The industry is all about connections because the more people I met working those types of jobs, the more they helped me and brought me onto other jobs, um, other TV shows and movies. Um, and so from there, I, gosh, and then I worked in a post-production facility for a little bit, um, doing, basically learning everything about editing and, and the post-production process of a TV show or a movie. And then from there, I worked on the TV show Code Black on right. CBS. Yeah. Um, and then... You know, just went around. I worked on Lethal Weapon for a bit. Um, and now, Tribeca. and talk about now, you created a web series, which we have a lot of fun. Talk about that web series, and then I want to change yes. the tenor of this just a bit, and I want to get to your next transformation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my web series is called Louis and Brie TV. Um, it is with me and Louise Guzman. It's a sketch comedy web series, um, short episodes, no longer than five minutes, really. Um, but basically... Him and I decided that we wanted to write a show together, and um, that came kind of came about in an interesting way. I met Louis, um, Louis Guzman, I call him Louis, um, when I was working on Code Black on the, the CBS show. Um, I was a set PA, and I was in charge of um, helping the actors when they got to set. Um, I would take them and get them mic'd up. I would uh, take them, get their props, and then I would basically assist them on set, bring them to set have you. And it's not, it's not usually typical, I guess, that you would, you know, a set PA would befriend the actors necessarily. It, it's funny because they usually tell you not to. Um, even though that was my job, I was the first team set PA. Because was, they want to keep space between they you and They want to keep space. They don't want you to get too friendly, I guess. But it was so difficult for me not to be friends with them because, I mean, I don't know, we just got along so well, all of, all of them. And I'm still friends with them to this day. And, um, you know, and they're people too. And, we just form friendships, right? And so Louie and I got really close. We, um, we'd always laugh on set. Like, we just had good banter, I suppose. <laughs> um, we had the same sense of humor. And, um, you know, like a year later after filming the show, we were hanging out one day, just driving around, and, and he said to me, I, we need to be in a show together. Let's do a show. So you made one. Right. And, and I, I just kind of thought he was maybe joking, because he had mentioned it before, you know, while we were on set, but then at that point, um, he was like, no, I, we, let's do a show together. Let's make something. And you did. And okay. we watch it. Yes. <laughs> let me switch for just a minute. Let me take a station ID first. You're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation. I'm Chuck Garcia on Talk Radio 77 WABC, and my guest is Bree Smith. Bree, you are working in different jobs, and you are in this gig economy in L.A. following your passion. And one day, I know you were standing at the corner of a street just looking to get to the other side, and something happened. And this particular event, I'd like to hear more about, and I want you to examine it. Sure. Paint the scene for us. What happened? So at the time, um, I had been working on the HBO show Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, I was the production secretary in the production office, um, and we had taken a break in production, and we were coming back shortly thereafter. Um, 
and it was September 13th. I was due back to work about a week after that. I was fitting in as many acting classes, though, as I could um, to try and, of course, learn as much as I could. And one of my acting classes was sponsoring a uh, mixer of sorts between casting directors and actors, which was great. And I thought, oh, this is a great opportunity. So I signed up to go. I saw that it was about a 10-minute walk from my apartment, which was perfect. Um, so I, around 6 p.m., um, it was still daylight outside, I um, got ready, went downstairs, forgot my jacket, went back upstairs, got my jacket, came back down, went to the street corner, pushed the walk button. Um, the walk sign lit up for me. Um, I walked halfway across the street and was hit by a car. Um, the driver ran a red light. Um, he was going about 35, and um, yeah, it was uh, it was it was very difficult. It was a very difficult time. Um, I broke my pelvis in multiple places. Um, I mean, I don't really remember much. I just remember seeing the car and then you know waking up on the pavement with people surrounding me, and um, it was difficult. And um, you know, it was it was it was a tough recovery. You know, how do you? How do you get through something like that, something that you have no control over, really? Let's examine that, because what you're describing, Brie, and I, I, I don't mean to take you back to that uncomfortable place, <laughs> but anytime these accidents occur, what we know for many people on the show, and many people in our lives who have had an event occurred where they've been clobbered and they don't remember anything, and they wake up, oh my God, and it's nine months of convalescing. Mm-hmm. Normally, when things like that happen, people talk about something else happened along the way. What became of this to your mind and to your heart about the way you see things these days? You know, I moved to L.A. for a reason. And I think at this point, after this accident happened, I understand that reason better. I I, I suppose I, I would say I just let go more and I say yes more and I ask for what I want. And that's important to me. Let's hold off on that. You said three things. Let go. Mm-hmm. What was the second? Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Well, we know, we know <laughs> let go. Let go. We, we also know acceptance. Mm-hmm. All right. So you let go of what? What did you not let go of before that all of a sudden, oh, my God, this car accident occurred, and I just, I'm better at letting go and at saying yes. What did you not let go of, Brie? I was not, I was... At that point, I was letting go of my fear that was holding me back, my fear of asking for what I wanted. Um, so one led to the other. Yes. Let go of the fear that could have you removing the obstacle of the fear to ask for the thing you wanted. Right. Did I, am I paraphrasing mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. And where did the acceptance, what did you accept? I, I accepted that this is ha- had happened to me. I accepted that it was time for me to move forward, and I accepted that this was my career and what I wanted in life. This is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, and how was I going to get there by asking for what I wanted? Got it. That is a very big moment. I don't know whether or not if you didn't have the accident, maybe you would have gotten there, mm-hmm. but it seemed like the the implication here is that accident caused a, a rethinking a mindset and then a heart set I am in I am where I belong mm-hmm. because I, I'd imagine before you're just trying to find your footing mm-hmm. you found it mm-hmm. 
and you got run over by a car. <laughs> And now you wake up every day thinking, what, joy? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, and I'm yeah. going to go after, I'm going to ask them for that job. Mm-hmm. And you are in a very competitive place. Oh, yes. Right? Definitely. So everyone wants the acting jobs and 400 people show up for the one job and you are one of them. But instead of waiting for the acting job, you and Louise Guzman said, you know what? Why wait? Mm-hmm. Is that how this, your web series came about? Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it right. did. And you didn't wait for that. No. Louis said to you, because you guys got along, we're not going to wait for CBS and NBC mm-hmm. and anybody else. Why don't we do our own? Right. Why you think that would have happened if you hadn't gotten run over by a car? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and it also kind of brings back to, um, obviously, when I was working on Curb Your Enthusiasm, I went back after my accident and I... I had been working there for a while. I'd been working there for a few months before that. was friends with everyone on the show also. But um, when I got back to the show, I did ask for what I wanted. Right. And did you get what you wanted? Yes, what? I did. What? Uh, <laughs> Congrats. Uh, thank you. What did you ask for? I asked if it was possible to be on the show. To be with the great Larry David. Yes. And the answer was? Yes. <laughs> to my surprise, but yes. What to your surprise? You were there for a reason. Yes. And And... Whether or not you were run over by a car, you now summoned the courage to ask. And lo and behold, the answer was affirmative. What happened then? Uh, I didn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Good start. Right. No way. It can't be. That's somebody else. Okay. Um, And then it felt really good. You know, it, it, it felt really Before good. you had even gotten onto the set, you were feeling, oh, my God, they oh said yes. I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh, something's going to go wrong and I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to be on the show, of course. But then uh, obviously it was fine. And, and I was I got to be on the show. And, and you said yes to the thing that maybe scared you the most. Oh, my gosh. Sure. <laughs> sure. But it was good. It was calming. Like, I, I you know, I got to set and I felt good. Right. Oh, you're in a better place. That's where I need to be. And you're about to step on in a scene with Larry David? Yeah. Tell us about that. What's it like? Um, he's very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, he may play a curmudgeon on TV, but he's, he's a very nice guy. Um, everyone in the office loves him. Everyone in the crew loves him. Um, it was it was great. It was so fun. It was, it was like being on set with your friends because I had made friendships with these people. And, you know, I knew people in the office and whatnot, but, you know, going into costumes and then doing hair and makeup and everyone was just so accommodating and nice and they were excited for me which was the nicest part they weren't you know negative or or like you don't you shouldn't be here no they were just this is great like you're gonna have such a good time and um I got to set and you know the first AD likes to tease me um and he was very funny and very welcoming and um, the first AD is the first assistant director. He's the person. Thank that, you for the yeah, clarity. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> our I, listeners, I just say these things. Our listeners may not know that. Right. And until I made a pilot episode, I would have had no idea what you're talking right. about. Yeah. He, so basically he runs the set, right. um, gets everyone going and is like, Hey, this is what we're doing next. Um, but it was very fun, you know, doing the scene. And, and you know, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a, certainly, um, I think a biggest Seinfeld fan as anyone else will claim to be. Mm-hmm. And Curb Your Enthusiasm is certainly that derivative where you see George and and Jerry and Kramer and all in that one character. If I remember, though, when watching it, it's not a scripted show. No, it's right. not. Talk, no. About, talk about it. So this is where your acting chops have to come alive. Oh, absolutely. What's, what's that like? Talk, talk about the role of improvisation and how that matters on the set and how it matters in life. It does. It, it Definitely. Um, so I had taken improv classes um, with UCB. I also did um, some improv in high school. 
And that definitely prepared me for that moment. You know, you have an idea going in of what the scene is going to be. They outline it, sure, but they don't write it. Um, you know, it's it's Im improvised. And um, is it a framework? Like, Brie, here's what we're thinking. And yeah, yeah. The director comes up to me. He's like, hey, you know, this is what we're thinking for this. Just go with, go it. with your gut. Yeah. Go Good. with your gut. Just let go. Yeah, let go. Yeah, let go. <laughs> that theme comes up a lot. Exactly. Um, and it was great. And, you know, improvisation does come up in life, of course, you know, in well, all walks of life. Talk about that because here you are now. You, 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 the, the word yes was now between two parties. They said yes to you. You said yes to the thing that scared you the most. The removal of the fear put you in a very good place where now your heart is feeling, oh, my God, this feels good, before you even got onto, this, onto the set. But now you have to improv with a very seasoned, famous Hollywood actor, producer, writer, director, maybe one of the most famous. Was that intimidating or not? Or did it not even matter anymore? At that point, I was just having fun. <laughs> I mean, because he's you let so go. good too. It's it's hard not to do well with someone that's so good. You know, he makes you look good because right. he's so good. So right. I'm sure that was part of it. Yeah. But at that point, I was there. I was meant to be there, and I just did it. Now, I don't know if it, you were meant to be there or you guided yourself to the place you were meant to be. You appreciate the distinction. And I think maybe that through these series of twists and turns, whether it was a car accident or you came into my office to say, I'm not feeling it studying business. I'm going to go pursue my dream. Here you are. Cool. <laughs> now, in the, in the few minutes we have remaining, I want to cover two things. First, the projects you're on right now. Yes. Talk about what, what's your landscape look like. Yes. Okay. So I, we just finished Louie and Brie TV. So that was the sketch comedy web series. Um, the, the last episode of the first season, which was great. Um, and right now, currently I am the producer's assistant on a CBS pilot. Um, and I am also, and what, what's the name? Oh, it's called we, the jury. And what is that? Um, I don't know if I can really talk about it that much just because it is a pilot oh, and we're okay. developing it. Mm -hmm. However, I am going to be on Why Women Kill Season 2. Um, I am the Talk also about that. Gonna, what is that? So I'm going to be the producer's assistant again because it's the same producer. Um, but Why Women Kill is a TV show on CBS All Access. Um, it was starring Lucy Liu, Jennifer Godwin, or Goodwin, and um, it was fantastic. <laughs> the producer, when I interviewed for him, told me to watch the first episode before the interview, and I watched the entire season. I just binged it. So, um, But it's really a, a show about and starring women. Well, I'm going to express my ignorance here. I don't know the show, but mm -hmm. when I hear the title of the show, I, don't, I can't tell, is it a comedy or is it a tragedy? It is. What it is, is it? It's a mixture of both. Um, a dramedy, I would say. Um, but it, it, it is comedic, but it's exploring essentially – why women do the things they do, what leads them to that point. Right. Um, and it's kind of funny. <laughs> right. Well, I think in, even in any tragedy, Shakespeare showed us there's comic relief. Mm -hmm. And no matter how deep and dark the subject is, part of our nature, the heart and the mind, is always looking for the balance between the tragic and the, com and the comedic. Mm -hmm. And in your case, as an actress, you have to be able to, I'd imagine, seamlessly be able to navigate both of those poles. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's like on that show? 
yeah, I would say so. I would say that's that's what it's like on the show. Yeah. I'm sorry, can you yeah. repeat? Yeah, th this, this balance between tragedy and comedy. And often when I hear why women kill, I don't know what that's about, but I hear this title, why women kill, and it sounds like they're going to go out and they're going to murder somebody. And maybe they do. <laughs> I, yeah, okay, no, that's... I, I, I'll watch the show, Bray, mm -hmm. but thank you. In the time remaining, and this is the last subject I want to cover, mm -hmm. we always ask ourselves on this show, on a climb to the top stories of transformation, it's fundamental. We have a lot of listeners out there, many of them that I hope will connect to your story because they are probably thinking something very similar to you, but they haven't let go yet. What do we want our listeners with respect to your story and your transformation? What do we want them to think? What do we want them to feel, and what do we want them to do with this information? Let's start with feel. What do you want them to feel about their heart and their mind? I think it's okay to listen. Listen to what your heart is saying and your what your passions are. I think it's okay to start over. Mm. I think that's really tough for a lot of people, especially students who are in school, going to college. How am I supposed to start over? I are, I'm already pursuing this major. It's hard, it's, it's a difficult decision, but if your passion lies elsewhere and you know that you would do that with all of your heart for the rest of your life, it's worth it. And what do you want them to feel about this potential stigma of failure and perhaps not living up to someone else's expectations? I think you can set your own expectations for yourself. I know, I know that's hard because there are a lot of, you know, probably parents or family members, friends that have expectations for you. They want you to pursue a, a business degree or, you know, a degree in a, a, a science, you know, a, a different field. Something but to get you a job. Something that will get you a job, right. Which is understandable because they want the best for you and they, right. they want you to succeed and, and be okay. That gets us to the do. What do you want them to do with this? Once they've gotten to this, they're okay, they let go, they want to set their own expectations. Now what? Go and do it. Go and do Just it. Let go. Just let go of the fear that you have, and I think that's something that I can share from my own experiences. Is just let go. You know, it, you never know what can happen. If if you ask for what you want, the answer might be yes. If you ask for what you want, the answer might be yes. In fact, in your case, the answer there seems to be a trend. It's yes, and then another yes, and you're going from one yes to another because you're saying yes to the thing that scares you the most. Bree, it's been wonderful catching up with you and welcome back to New York and thank you for coming into the uh, studio of 77 WABC. I'm Chuck Garcia. It's been a pleasure hosting Bree Smith on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you everybody for tuning in and good night. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.